One of the main reasons of leaky gut syndrome is food intolerance, like in our intestines, in our gut system, and it causes inflammation. The reason people crave for carbs is lack of serotonin hormone. If you have an inflammation in our intestines, then you cannot produce the serotonin hormone. One of the main reasons of leaky gut syndrome is food intolerance. A food intolerance test, like peanut test, can tell you which foods you cannot digest. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. All right, happy Thursday, all you Optimal Performers. Welcome to another episode of the OPP. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, joined by Mr. Ferret from Intertest USA. Ferret, I, I really don't want to butcher your last name. Avamsi? Yes. All right, all right. Uh, Ferret, what is your position and, and role at Pinterest? I am one of the founders of Pinterest. Okay. Uh, actually, I'm, uh, I was in R&D for the development of this test. Uh, foot intolerance tests, uh, tests have a long history. Over 40 years, uh, it has developed a lot. So I was actually uh, in the group who developed this latest technology. Okay. And that's exactly uh, the stuff that we want to dig into on this podcast. Uh, but before we do that, for you guys listening, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video version of this along with uh, the blog post that has all of the links and resources. Uh, I'm sure that we will mention some studies. We'll link to those for you guys. Uh, and that's for you too, uh, as well, Fair. If, if there are studies that you mention, we'll link to those for our listeners afterwards sure. uh, on the blog post. For you guys listening, uh, again, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, let us know how much you like the show. If we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free Natural Stacks products. I'm going to read one right now from Mahafri78, info for a better life, five stars. I love listening to this podcast every week. Such a wealth of information. Ryan Muncy delivers great guests and covers every topic imaginable around health and nutrition. So Mahafri, shoot me an email, ryan at naturalstacks.com. We'll hook you up as a thank you for that. And as you guys listen to this podcast, this episode specifically, but the OPP in general, Share it with the people in your life who you know will benefit from the things that we're doing and talking about. It could be as simple as grabbing their phone and subscribing them to the podcast if they don't know how. Grab the link in iTunes and share it on social media, in an email, whatever works for you. So with all that out of the way, Ferret, let's talk about food intolerance testing. I came across Pinner Test uh, on social media, reached out to you guys. I have actually taken my pinner test and we're going to go through my results a little bit. But before we do that, let's kind of set the baseline for our listeners. Uh, 
what what is a food intolerance test and maybe even before that what is a food intolerance okay so i'll try to keep everything very simple so okay. because we have uh, a lot of clients from starting from age 7 to 70 so 80 and so i want to uh, address everybody so food intolerance we eat something and then after some time we don't feel okay there's some bloating we feel tired and uh, there's a problem and we cannot understand what caused that because it might be a huge meal we we might have been uh, in a big family dinner and you can imagine how many things we eat there so if we cannot digest a food it gets stuck in our intestines in our gut system and it causes inflammation and this inflammation comes with a lot of negative symptoms. This is exactly what food intolerance is. A maldigestion due to some enzyme deficiencies, uh, mostly. It, the reason might be, uh, the reason of maldigestion might be something else, but usually it's an enzyme deficiency. So a food intolerance test, like peanut test, can tell you which foods you cannot digest. A lot of people ask the question, can't we just understand it by ourselves? I mean, we just eat something and then we feel bad. So isn't it easier to just, uh, you know, make trial and understand what we cannot digest? It's not so easy. The reason is that food intolerance is different than a food allergy. Food allergy, you can see the symptoms very quickly. You eat something that say you're intolerant to strawberry or peanuts. And then when you have a peanut, and then you start, you can, in a half an hour or one hour, you can start seeing symptoms and it can be severe. Like you can, maybe you will not be able to breathe. But in a food intolerance, the food intolerance is uh, sometimes called the, the delayed food allergy. It, it, the symptoms don't come out so quickly. It may take out, it may uh, it may take uh, like two hours, four hours, or even a day. And uh, of course, we eat a lot of things in a day, and it's almost impossible to make a connection between the food that we eat and the symptom. So uh, the only way to be sure what is what we are really intolerant to is to have a test, a blood test, to understand this. We usually think that the last thing that we ate made us sick. Uh, for example, I add cheese in the morning, and if I'm intolerant to dairy products, let's say cow's milk, and maybe the symptoms will come uh, in the evening. So, uh, may, and I will make a relationship between my dinner and that discomfort. So I would think that what I ate in the dinner made me sick. No, actually, it's the cheese in the morning. So it's very difficult to understand what is uh, making you sick. And uh, most of the people say, bread makes me sick because I'm, uh, I think I'm intolerant to gluten. Actually, only 5% of the people who, who think they are intolerant to gluten are actually intolerant to gluten. The 95% is intolerant to something else. That's what's causing the discomfort. For example, they can be intolerant to yeast, they can be intolerant to another 
protein in the bread. Mm-hmm. And for example, if they replace it with a barley bread, they will not feel that discomfort because there's a totally different protein. It's not the gluten. Gluten is common in all of them, but that protein is specific to that bread, is whole wheat. So to have elimination methods and to understand this by yourself is really very difficult. Uh, yeah, and I'm really glad you pointed that out because, you know, what I found, uh, and again, we'll talk about my results in a little bit, but some of the foods that I found out that I am intolerant to are, are foods that I was eating frequently, which is going to be another question of mine. But, you know, the, the symptoms didn't show up until maybe 24 to 48 hours later. So it was very hard for me to, you know, be able to connect the symptom to the food. Exactly. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are familiar with the Bulletproof diet. And, and this is a diet that's set up as a roadmap with um, food groups and, and spectrums, you know, ranging from red up to green. And for each of us as an individual, foods are somewhere on those spectrums. So and for you guys listening, I really, I think the Pinner test is a way to get an individualized answer to, you know, where on that spectrum certain foods are for you. Um, you know, so, so when we talk about what's the best nut to eat, some people may not do well with uh, pecans or, or cashews, while others may not have any issues with those. So it's, I think it's important as we start to, to quantify every aspect of our health and, and well-being to, to look at these things on a, on a highly individual basis. You know, diet is one of those things that it's never exactly the same for, for any two individuals. So the way the test works, I, I'll, we'll go through the experience first, I guess. Um, so if somebody orders, if you guys are, are interested, you order the Pinner test. We'll have a link on the website uh, on the blog post for this, but it's Pinner Test USA. Um, you get this box in the mail. And it's really simple. It just, it comes in the mail. Uh, there's everything you need is in it. You, you prick your finger, you get blood, you put blood on a blood dot, send it back in. And then within, uh, what is it? Maybe two or three weeks, you, you get your results. Maximum 10 days. Okay. So you get that over email. And then what I've done is I've printed it out so I can hold it up and show it to you guys. But there's actually about three or four pages. Uh, I only printed one page, but you can see here, there's different food groups, grains, legumes, dairy, eggs, meat, fish, seafood, and there's all kinds of vegetables and fruits. In the red, these are the things that you have a reaction to that you need to avoid. In green are all the foods that you didn't have a reaction to uh, so that you won't, you know, you don't have any issues. Yeah, the report that. is actually very simple. Yeah. You have to take out the foods in the red column. That's it. Yeah, and what's really interesting is within the red, there's also a degree of intolerance, plus one, two, or three, uh, three being the highest degree of intolerance. So there were three foods for me, oats, egg yolks, and chicken. So it's been about two months to 10 weeks since I've gotten these results. I've completely removed those three foods from my diet, and... I have questions on that and we'll get to those, but let's, let's talk about the science of the test. So uh, I know I have some questions there and and some other uh, natural stacks team members have some questions there. So explain the process of the test. We send in our blood. What are you looking at? Okay. So um, food intolerance is a very common and old term. 
I mean, like 40 years ago, people were saying that we test for food intolerance. And now today we say we test for food intolerance. But the technology has changed a lot. Maybe 50 years ago, we didn't have uh, this uh, very um, high-tech scanning machines that scan our body, like MRA or uh, tomography or such things. We only had X-ray. And at that time, X-ray was the uh, most advanced technology. And people said, okay, X-ray gives us all the information. But now we have a lot of new systems. There are various methods to test it. Some people say we, uh, some uh, laboratories test, try to test it from the hair. They test it. Um, they have even some machines that you put your hands on, like uh, bio-machines. Bio they look at some uh, white blood cells. The, the method that we use is IgG uh, method, uh, which we are familiar with uh, ELISA test. Everybody has, uh, knows the term ELISA test. ELISA is a general term. It's not only for HIV or some, things like that. ELISA ELISA method is matching the antibody with the protein. So it checks the blood and then checks the antibodies in the blood and matches it with the protein in the laboratory and understands what kind of antibodies we have in our bloodstream. That's, a, that's not a very new method too. That's a, uh, it has been used for some time. But now the latest technology is our um, method, microarray ELISA depends on this ELISA method, but it's one step ahead. It is done with computerized system. We need a minimum amount of blood because it's done on uh, small chips, little glasses. So a tiny amount of blood is enough and it's very specific. It can check for different subclasses of IgG and you can understand uh, that's how we can understand if it's a permanent or a temporary intolerance. In the older technologies, the in the lab, uh, they were checking for all the antibodies in your blood. Let's say you ate too much bananas a few days ago, and uh, they were giving you a result that you are uh, you have a uh, you have antibodies in your bloodstream for banana too, and also other stuff. But this doesn't mean that you're intolerant to banana. Your body might react temporarily to banana, but it doesn't mean that you're intolerant to banana. That's, that's, these are two different things. Of course, they didn't say that you are intolerant to banana at that time. They said there are these, uh, these antibodies are available in your bloodstream, and you have to make now some elimination diets to understand which is your permanent and which is your uh, temporary. And this needed training and a lot of consultation. And it took sometimes months, um, sometimes even a year to understand exactly which is your permanent one. So we always try to understand which is the permanent intolerance. So that's what we concentrated on. Because finding the antibodies in the blood is not a very advanced technology. You can do it in a very simple laboratory. But the advanced technology is to understand what is really your permanent ones? So um, maybe in the old uh, technologies, you were getting a result list of 20 foods or 15 foods. In our uh, results, people get just a few, like a two or three. I don't know how much you get, like a three or four, maybe something like that. And the reason is that we take out the temporary 
intolerances. This is uh, this is the advanced technology about Pinner test. Um, how we can do it? This is a, a very complicated process. We have we check the four subclasses, and we have like in our microarray scanners, we have uh, laser beams that change the angle and a lot of complicated stuff. But we finally uh, and we check the age of these uh, other subclasses of antibodies to understand what is the lifetime of the antibody there and uh, a lot of different uh, variations and uh, algorithms we use and uh, finally i'm i'm not into that much but uh, my uh, lab uh, our scientists in arate labs and other people can uh, have this but arate our lab is actually uh, is a uh, is a really very advanced lab is the producer and mark shena uh, our ceo of our lab is the is the person who invented these microarray machines. The microarray machines are used in almost uh, all big labs in the all around the world right now. So he he's a Stanford graduate. He's really a genius guy. So that's what that's why uh, he made it. He was uh, the, I, actually our lab rate was chosen uh, one of the uh, uh, most important companies in the Silicon Valley in California, San Jose. So okay. uh, th these genius guys develop uh, something <laughs> that I always dreamed of in my life. Because yeah. uh, I thank them for this, and then uh, we finally can understand how can we, how can I be so sure that we get the permanent inferences? The, uh, the way to understand this, you test one person, and after a year, you test the same person. If the results match, this means that you got the permanent intolerances. Uh, because I remember, I, I'm doing this business for uh, a very long time, and uh, at that time, uh, we were testing the same person after a year, mm. and we were never getting the same results. We were getting some foods in common, which were the, maybe, which were the permanent intolerances, but we were never, almost never getting the same results. Let's say the uh, calm's milk or the gluten was the common, but... 10 other different things. Mm -hmm. But that person was uh, taking out maybe 12 of them for a year, which was a nightmare. Uh, but now we test the same person after a year, over 90%, we get the same results. Then we understand that, okay, now uh, we got the permanent insurance. So people, uh, all uh, the clients have to do is just take out those foods. So this is, this is exactly what I was looking for because these are, I mean, some of the big questions that I had um, and it was, you know, how do we know that this is a permanent intolerance and not just antibodies being present? Uh, you know, I guess another way of asking that same question or, or maybe a, a different question, there are over 100 foods on the list that you guys are testing for. There's no way that I've eaten all of those foods recently when I take this test, some of these foods I never eat. Uh, so I guess my, my question is, if, if it's not antibodies, what are you identifying in the blood that says, okay, Ryan, this is your blood. We can tell from this blood that you cannot digest egg yolks or chicken or oats. If you cannot digest the food, then the proteins cannot dissolve to amino acids in the, uh, and they enter the bloodstream as a whole. Mm -hmm. So what the body does is they, are, they have in their database uh, the amino acids, but they don't have proteins in their database. 
So they think it's a virus or a bacteria that's attacking the body. So they go back to their headquarters and they start producing weapons to fight with them. So these weapons are specially designed for these proteins. What we do is we check these weapons and we understand this weapon is made for uh, egg yolk protein. Mm -hmm. This weapon is made for an apple protein. This weapon is made for a, a beef protein. So this is how we understand. But uh, it's not that we also check the, uh, let's say we find a weapon that is from the Second World War in the bloodstream, and we say, if there's a, such an old weapon, then this means that this person had this problem for a very long time. This is not a new weapon. Mm -hmm. So it means that it's a permanent influence. So this is, in a, in, as a summary, how the system works. Okay. Uh, very short, of course, scientific is very complicated, but as a summary, it's like this. And, um, and the, uh, in the lab, so uh, we can understand, as I told you, the, we check the weapons, we, check the, uh, we understand the foods, and we understand which are permanent and reported people. Um, of course, the previous technologies were not very appreciated by some doctors and nutritionists because can you imagine you have to you give a report to a person uh, of 20 foods, 18 of them are not actually his or her intolerance. So right. uh, that's uh, too complicated. They only used these kind of tests before uh, for very uh, severe cases, like uh, if the person had, like, uh, I don't know, like very uh, extreme eczema or migraine, which, you know, like, they had to find a solution for that, not for discomfort. Uh, but for, in general cases, they just ignore these tests. But now, it's not like that. Uh, in America, uh, it's very new, this test, Pinot yeah. test. It's just a couple of years. But in uh, Europe, it has almost became a standard in most of the countries. Wow. Um, so you mentioned that we, we produce these weapons to attack uh, proteins that are not digested. Sure. And then you, you mentioned eczema as a potential symptom. Most of the symptoms that we experience from... Uh, food intolerances are uh, things that would fall under autoimmune responses, correct? Yeah. Uh, imagine when you have a flu, what happens? Like you can have a headache, you feel uh, very tired, uh, you can have a stomach ache, like, uh, or you can have a lot of problems. You can even have a skin rash, like, because the system is down. Mm -hmm. There's an inflammation, there's a, uh, there, there's, a attack, there's a fight in your body, and all the systems can collapse. So this is more or less the same thing, but in a lesser degree. It's, it's, it would be low levels of chronic inflammation throughout our life if we don't identify and remove these foods. Exactly. Sometimes so, it takes years. Right. And we know how important it is to you know, uh, keep inflammation as low as possible. Um, so I, I guess another question then is, you know, if these are permanent intolerances, then... I'll probably never be able to eat egg yolks or chicken again without, uh, you know, a, a negative response. Uh, I would say it's better, to, good to have a test after three years. Okay, it's not that necessary before three years. Okay, and also there's a, um, you know, these are per, your permanent intolerances, but not all the foods uh, brings the, uh, comes out with the same response. For example, you can have three different things, and one of them can be a terrible migraine. Mm -hmm. which makes your life a nightmare. 
and out of the other one can be just a blotting. So you have right. to you can make trials uh, yeah. among the food that you have. So um, I guess a couple other questions on on my specific results, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about some other topics. Sure. But um, you know, it, it's interesting that both chicken and egg yolks are yeah. uh, on my list. Is is there something in I guess that particular poultry? I mean. Uh, regarding egg yolks, no, that's totally, that's just a coincidence because what we ch- what we mean when we say chicken is a special protein in the chicken. Right. What we mean by uh, egg yolk is a special protein in egg yolk. So, right. But that's a baby so, chicken. So likely, whatever's in the egg yolk is in the chicken. Uh, not really, not really, because you know, like uh, in egg yolk, the, that protein might not be available in the. Uh, chicken so okay. that's a, it's a different thing uh so when when egg yolk is listed as something i can't do uh for for listeners egg egg whites i'm not intolerant to so i could do egg whites but yeah. different types of eggs i'm assuming this is a chicken egg what about ostrich eggs or quail eggs well uh, actually this very difficult to test all the eggs but right you're talking about the common foods that we process every okay. day so this is about the chicken egg okay um are these brought on by Overconsumption over a lifetime. Uh, I mean, I've eaten a lot of egg yolks and and chicken and and oats over my life. So, is is that a potential what? cause for this? Uh, eating it a lot doesn't uh, doesn't cause a deficiency because of enzyme. So, okay. the, but if you were processing a lot of egg yolks and it showed up in your uh, report in an old technology test, mm-hmm. I would say maybe it's because you overeat it that. But right. in our test, it's not because of that. Overeating doesn't doesn't have an effect on our results. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, uh, but something very important, right? Yes. Um, uh, decreasing the amount of food that you process doesn't cure your uh, food intolerance. If you really want to, uh, because sometimes a very uh, small amount, a trace of a food can trigger a reaction. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, you know, I, yeah, I decre- decreased it a lot and I'm eating only once a week, but still uh, I, the symptoms come up. No, it doesn't work like that. Even if you really suffer from a uh, discomfort from food in terms, you have to take out that food completely. Com- completely. And, and I, I will, I'll give experience, personal experience for our listeners on this. So, um, you know, egg yolks was, was something that, I mean, I, I eat whole eggs all the time. So that was a big one for me to remove from my diet. And one of the reasons that I sought out this test is that I was waking up a lot feeling, uh, the, the only way I could describe it was like a Saturday morning feeling after playing a game of football Friday night in high school. Um, you know, I just felt like my joints hurt. I felt run down. I felt just like I was in quicksand. And you know, I knew that that wasn't right. I knew that wasn't the way I wanted to feel and that I knew I could feel better. So immediately when I removed the egg yolks from my diet, I don't eat a lot of oats or, or chicken. So that was actually pretty easy. Um, but uh, removing the egg yolks, I immediately felt the difference within three or four days. And then that weekend, uh, so it would have been about a week after removing them, I had that experience again where I felt really run down, really sluggish, really beat up. And after two days, it dawned on me that the, the day before and two days prior, I had eaten some healthy mayonnaise, Primal Kitchen mayo for you guys listening. Uh, but 
the, the third day I went to do that and, and I looked at it and I was like, you know, you idiot, this has egg yolks in it. So even the small amount of egg yolks in a mayonnaise um, triggered this you know, response in me. So, you know, it is something that has to be eliminated completely. Um, and, and for me, that really validated, you know, that, hey, this is something I need to avoid uh, if I want to continue to feel at my best. Um, the other thing that I'll mention from my results is immediately I noticed uh, increase in energy, um, increase in sleep quality, and uh, systemically, uh, from a visual standpoint, it was almost like I dropped two or three percent body fat, and it was because th there was less inflammation and water retention and, and puffiness sure. all the way throughout my body, both in my right. face. That's, that's very important uh, because people ask a lot what's the relationship between weight loss and food interns. That's a very important subject. Also about depression, too. Yeah. So if you want, I can tell yeah, you. Yeah, I, 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 I'd love to hear your, your inputs on that because, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. I mean, if, okay. if your body feels like it's fighting, then it's not going to devote resources to recovery. If it's fighting off something else, then it's not devoting resources to fat loss. So, yeah, please elaborate on that for us. Okay. So, um, let's say you want to, you're overweight and you want to have a diet or you want to lose like 10 pounds or you want to have a diet and you go to a nutritionist. And the nutritionist says, okay, we give you a calorie diet. I give you a calorie diet, which is uh, you have to, you start in the day with a piece of cheese and some vegetables and at lunch you eat a salad and for dinner there's a, like a salmon or whatever. It's a calorie diet. It's uh, like 1,200 cal calories. But in second day, okay, second day you resist and the third day you give up because you feel so dumb. You don't have any energy. You feel like eating something, you start craving for carbs, you crave for sugar, and then you give up. And you wait for the, other, for the next Monday to start another diet. So uh, we, we actually had a website, it's funny, um, Monday Diet. So because people always start on Monday, they give up on Wednesday or Thursday. So what's the reason of this? Why do we, why do we give up? But we see some people, for example, uh, they eat just a little bit and they're satisfied or say, oh, I'm full, I'm full. And we sometimes admire them. You know, we want to be like them, but we always crave for sugar or crave for carbs. The reason people crave for carbs is lack of serotonin hormone. If we ha don't have uh, enough serotonin hormone in our body, we feel depressed, we feel down, we feel uh, demotivated and we want to eat something. We crave for sugar, we crave for carbs. Uh, most of the people think that the serotonin hormone is produced in our brain. Only 5% of the serotonin is produced in our brain. 95% of the serotonin is produced in our intestines. And if you have an inflammation in our intestines, then you cannot produce the serotonin hormone. What is the reason of the, one of the main reasons of the inflammation? Food intolerance. So, Let's take an example, uh, that person who's eating a, a piece of cheese in the morning, uh, thinking that it's very low calorie. Let's say that person started to eat cheese in the morning and it caused an inflammation in the gut system. That inflammation stopped the serotonin hormone production and that person started to crave for sugar, crave for carbs, feeling depressed because serotonin is also what makes you, uh, keeps, you keeps us high. 
and then uh, feel so bad that, okay, I have to eat something and ate a huge pizza. Then what happened? Things got worse mm -hmm. because that cheese in the pizza caused more inflammation and that person started to uh, crave more for carbs, more for sugar, and feel more depressed and find herself even worse than uh, like uh, even gain weight during that diet. So that's a kind of vicious, vicious cycle. You cannot get out of it. So if you, um, that's why I told you it's, it became a standard in most of the European countries right now. If you go to Italy, I was in Italy recently. I went to, a, in, I was in Treviso. I went to a pizzeria and in the pizzeria, uh, there was another, I was surprised. I didn't know it was so common that uh, if you have a peanut test result, please mention it. Wow, that's it's, it's, awesome! It's in Treviso da Pino Pizzeria. I was like, uh, I was like, so shocked because I didn't know it's so, so common right now. That had to be such a proud moment for you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, in Greece, I know it's it's almost a standard. Almost all nutritionists in Turkey, in Greece, in France, in Germany, in Italy. Um, so, so when when you yeah. say it's it's that prevalent in Europe, is it is it part of like? Uh, like what insurance would cover for, for healthcare? Or I know their healthcare system is a lot different, but in some countries, insurance is cover. Okay. Uh, but uh, in United States, it's not covered by insurance yet. Right. Hopefully, in the future, we're working on it. There are some countries in Europe that the insurance doesn't still cover because uh, it's a new technology. But I think in time, it will be covered. It will be a standard. So I, I can imagine some of the obstacles to getting it covered by insurance in the U.S. I mean, obviously, we, this is a topic we've talked about at length on our podcast before, you know, the, the issue of, you know, there's, there's a lot more money in, in the American medical system for uh, treatment as opposed to prevention. Uh, and, and that's not necessarily a good thing. But uh, from, from your end with, with Pintertest, what would have to happen um, to, to get it covered by insurance. I mean, I, I see this as something that's so valuable to, to most people. Ryan, honestly, we didn't concentrate much on dealing with insurances because we had a, um, I tell you, uh, we had a very bad experience in Europe. What happened is that in one of the countries in Europe, insurance covered food insurance tests. Mm -hmm. So, but they didn't, uh, it was a very wide description of food insurance tests. They just mm -hmm. could call food insurance. So what happened is that very old technologies, very cheap tests, they entered the market and everybody, they started to test everybody. And then it became such a mess because those old technologies, they don't give you precise uh, answers. And, you know, a lot of people were dissatisfied. So um, if the insurance is going to cover it in the United States, they have to be very precise in what they cover because uh, the, it has to be the micro micro array ELISA technology. It's not all the technologies because if people know that it's covered by insurance and get that old technology test, thinking that it's a reliable food insurance test, mm -hmm. then people will be uh, unsatisfied and then uh, it, it's going to be a big mess. So uh, we don't want that too. So we at the moment, uh, we're not concentrating much on insurance coverage because uh, this is a one-time test. I mean, you, you, usually people have one once in their life. So uh, we're talking about uh, around $400 test. So, and we also, 
offer installments to make it easy for people, for the people to afford it. Uh, and I don't think it's a big number. You know, most of the people uh, don't have any problem with uh, affording it. Right. Um, so a couple other questions I want to get you to cover for us. Then, um, you know, we we mentioned that was great going down the road of, of serotonin and and how. You know, if we have this food intolerance, we have inflammation in our gut, we're not able to produce serotonin uh, optimally. So building on that, another potential issue would be like leaky gut syndrome, which is a huge, huge buzzword in in health and fitness uh, wellness worlds right now. Uh, How would a food intolerance contribute to leaky gut? One of the main reasons of leaky gut syndrome is food intolerance, because if there's a food intolerance, then you uh, have an inflammation and that inflammation inflammation causes the pores to open and the it li- literally the foods start to leak to your uh, bloodstream that's uh, so uh, and then you might have other intolerance too although you they are not your permanent intolerances because the leaked other food uh, are re- um, have the uh, immune response mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's what we call that's why we say we have to separate the temporary and permanent let's say you have a leaky gut syndrome and if you if you check your blood and we find so many igg's and so many antibodies in your blood but actually some of them were temporarily produced for your uh, because of your leaky gut syndrome so we have to understand which were your permanent ones so that's very important Leaky gut, um, one of the main reasons I can say IBS, mm-hmm. uh, leaky gut have a lot of relationship with uh, food intolerance, uh, migraine, uh, skin problems, acne. Uh, for example, acne uh, has a lot of uh, relationship with food intolerance, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, because the uh, IgG antibodies attack the soft tissues uh, in our uh, joints. So they cause a lot of rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, of course, the weight gain is one of the uh, most important reasons in depression. Uh, yeah. you don't have serotonin hormone. If your, right. your gut system is inflamed, then it's very difficult to have a, a healthy diet. Only if you're a Hollywood star, then you're, you have to lose 20, 30 pounds for your next movie. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will lose $10 million. Maybe you have to do that. But... An average person will not be able to uh, finish that diet. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and you're mentioning rheumatoid arthritis. And, and I mean, I don't know that my joint pains were, you know, something that far down the road. But I mean, I, I just felt like I was way too young to have the joint pain that I was having. And I can speak to that from experience that removing those offending foods uh, completely eliminated joint pain. So, you know, when I talk to people now who are in their 50s and 60s, and they, uh, you know, I, th- I think a lot of Americans, may, it may be that way in other countries as well, but, you know, they just want to say, oh, well, it's just old age or getting old as hell. And, you know, they, they chalk up joint pain to, you know, this inevitability. But, but the reality for a lot of these people is that they're eating offending foods. Uh, and, and the joint pain is something that they have a much larger control over than most people would assume. So, uh, you know, if, if you're somebody who's suffering from uh, joint pain, this is definitely something to look into. Um, yeah, of course, it might have different reasons too, but... It could be. Could yeah, be. but uh, we know that uh, there are some studies that were done with York University 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not with us, with another company. They made the research about food interns and uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And the, their, uh, in their medical study, I think it was over 70% recovery after wow. eliminating the pools. Wow. And, um, unfortunately, uh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to say much about some doctors, but some of the doctors, not all of them, of course, they're very, uh, you know, good doctors who are following the literature. But some of the doctors are behind the. the they they don't really read the new stuff. They don't really read the new uh, medical studies, so they don't know much. If you go to like some uh, doctors, maybe they say, "Oh, put insurance, forget about it. We do with this." But if they, I'm sure that if they were aware of the new technologies, they would immediately recommend this. So uh, uh, you have to also, uh, you know, if you have a doctor, you have to you can uh, show them uh, our medical studies in our web page about pinner test uh, and the new technology. Maybe it will be good for them too. Well, that's why we do what we do here. We're trying to, you know, keep people informed of all the latest and, and newest technologies, and uh, help keep people help people continue to move forward. Um, let's talk about digestive enzymes. So, I know you said earlier that um, you know a lot of these issues are caused by a lack of an enzyme. Yeah. Would, would supplementing the diet with digestive enzymes help break down some of these foods, or is that a a, a mute like a? Well, I mean, like um, it may. Or it may not. I don't know really. Like uh, this is not our. Uh, we just give them the people the what we found in the blood. But the treatment is something else. We we are not a diagnostic or right. uh, company, or we are not a diagnostic or a treatment company. We just uh, report people what we found. Of course, there's a possibility that it might help. But how much is it the same quality? as the uh, enzyme that our body produces, mm-hmm. or is it not? Uh, I cannot say that, or because the body is so complex and so perfect. It produces the exact amount of enzymes that you need for that and everything is working perfectly. But to get it with the pill, uh, first of all, how is the quality of that enzyme that we are getting? Is it, does it work exactly like the same that the body is producing? Oh, I don't know. Uh, this has to be, uh, I, I didn't read the medical studies about those things. They might or they may not. I cannot say anything about that. Okay, fair enough. Um, fair, we're we're going to let you go here in just a second. Two more questions for you. Sure. Uh, number one, where can our listeners get more of you and or learn more about the Pinner Test? Um, they can go to pinnertest.com, uh, P-I-N-N-E-R-T-E-S-T.com and they can read about the uh, peanut test. And uh, as you showed, there's a box that we sent to it. This is not actually a home kit. This is just a blood collection kit. It's very simple. You just uh, order it online and it comes to your house. Uh, on the finger prick, it's just a few seconds. And there's a free return envelope inside it. And then you return it to our company. Uh, it just takes a minutes to finish yeah. everything. It's, it's yeah. very easy. Very easy. Uh, you know, if, if you're not a baby like me, uh, I hate having my, my finger pricked. So that's the hard part. Very simple, yeah. yeah so, uh, and also, the old technologies had needed a lot of blood from the vein. You need the tubes of blood, so you need to have it. You need to, you need it to go to a hospital or a course, we call a nurse to your house. We don't need it because the microwave chips are very tiny. Uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in a size of a finger, you can put like 24 people's blood. So you can imagine how 
little blood we need. Right. Uh, you cannot see it with your eye. It, you can only see it with the uh, HD micro scanners. So, um, and then you send it back. Uh, and IgG antibodies are very stable, so they are not affected by uh, much by heat or time, or they stay there. If it was like classic allergy, IgE, that's very difficult to test it this way because IgE. Um, it's a much it's not, it's not stable. Yeah, it's right. like you have to do it immediately, and you have to right. do it from full blood. But IgG is different; it's easier. And then when you receive it. Uh, then you receive in uh, when we receive it. Then you receive in maximum ten days your reports to your email, and then if you have any kind of questions, you can always call our uh, consultants and ask for any kind of questions. Um, in, in Europe, we do usually do face-to-face -face meetings. We didn't start uh, in the United States because the United States is huge, so it's difficult to do that. So we usually give consultation on the phone here. Okay. Okay. Um, Last question, question that every guest has to answer. Uh, we want to know your top three tips to live optimal. Top three tips to live optimal. I'll give you one second to think about that while you think. I'll tell everybody, uh, it, it, go to uh, naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this. We'll have a link to the Pinner Test website. Hey guys, Ryan here, interrupting the podcast to let you know that we did work out a deal for you on the Pinner Test. So you get $60 off when you use the code OPP. So Pinner Test, 500 bucks, save 60 bucks with the code OPP. You can go to Pinner Test USA. We'll have links on the blog post for this, or you can Google it. Um, but find out the foods that you need to avoid to uh, improve mental performance, reduce joint pain, and improve overall health and performance. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience, this has been one of the best quantified self investments that I've ever made. Uh, it's made a huge difference in my life, and that's why we're putting them on the podcast. So, Pinner Test USA, save 60 bucks. Code is OPP. Back to the show. All right, Ferret, I, I tried to buy you a little bit more time. Okay, I can answer. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not a. Uh arrange them in the priority, but I will say, so, of course, food intolerance is important, at least for me. Because yes. before, uh, I had an intolerance to dairy, and I remember when I was young, I was having so big problems. I used to play basketball, I'm pretty tall, and then I had to quit, because I didn't have energy for it. Uh, and I wish I had knew that I had an intolerance to uh, cow's milk at that time, because I after I quit cow's milk, my energy boosted up like incredibly. I mean, uh, I could have a good career uh, in uh, mm. uh, in basketball. I loved it, but I didn't have really energy to play. So, um, and the other thing is like sport. Uh, is of course you have to. I like to exercise uh, regularly. It keeps you um, very young and energetic too. And the third is like um, it's a mentally mental health like uh, believing is uh, good you i think everybody has to think about the reason of creation it depends on their religion of course but it's good to think um, people shouldn't be afraid of thinking why we are created and what how 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 we came uh, how we exist in the world so these thing, three things uh, keep me very motivated and alive i can say i like it i like it 
uh, Ferret, this, that's it. You, you are, uh, you're officially off the hot seat. We are so grateful for your time. Thank you for everything that you're doing with the Pinner Test. You know, Thank I, you, can, I can speak to, you know, my experience and, and, you know, how much better I feel for having learned about these foods and, and removing them. And that's something that I never would have been able to figure that out on my own without the test. So, you know, thank you guys for, for your work there. Uh, we appreciate your time on the podcast and uh, we're happy to share this with uh, the rest of the world and, and hope that it can help some other people as well. Uh, for you guys listening, thanks for tuning in. Uh, go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video version of this along with links, resources, uh, studies, and go to iTunes, leave us a review, share the OPP with your friends and family. Uh, whether it's sharing the link as you listen on your phone or grabbing your friend's phone and subscribing them, whatever it might be. So that's it. Talk to you guys next week. Fair right. Thank you. Thank you. Right.